ketchup. Known for being a condiment. Famous for being a condiment made of tomatoes. Nobody thinks much about it, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why ketchup is secretly incredibly fascinating. Hey there, folks. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. Two guests join me this week. David Christopher Bell is one of them. Tom Ryman is the other. I am so excited these guys are on the show. They they both have lots of great credits and writing and comedy to their names, and I want to highlight one thing they do together in particular. Dave and Tom's network is called gamefully unemployed. And uh, I'm going to say it again because I don't always enunciate stuff right, so I want to make sure I nail it. It is called Gamefully Unemployed, as in games. And it's a podcast network and a streaming channel all at once. It's amazing. In particular, if you like movies or TV, video games, uh, also board games and role-playing games, Dave and Tom are fantastic at making all kinds of fun out of those things. So go enjoy them doing that at patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Shikori peoples. Acknowledge Dave recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino or Tongva and Keech and Chumash peoples. Acknowledge Tom recorded this on the traditional land of the Chumash and Yokuts peoples. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about ketchup. You know, tomato ketchup. A condiment with social ramifications, historical surprises, and an adorable secret puppet master. So, please sit back or chow down, my dude. You know, uh, quick aside, I have been thrilled to hear from folks who are doing something that then comes up on the podcast while they're listening. Like last week, me and Soren Bowie, my guest, were talking about Venus, at the planet Venus, feeling like the video game Doom, you know, that world. And two of you heard that while playing Doom Eternal. Like you were listening as you did it. And that rules. I love knowing that stuff. So please tell me if you eat something with ketchup uh, while you hear this. I don't know, I get a kick out of it. And either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with David Christopher Bell and Tom Ryman. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. David Bell, Tom Ryman. It's always so good to see you guys. Thank you for thank you for hopping Hi. on the old Zoom. Hello. Yes. Hi. <laughs> Thanks Zoom for having has us. become a, 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 a way too familiar tool in in, in these uh, trying times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's weird being seen. Me and Tom, we don't usually uh, yeah, look not, at each other. Not usually when we record. Uh, yeah, I uh, I took a shower for this. I oh, like, I, I absolutely didn't. I woke up. Yeah, no, I know. Eight minutes before it was time to record. <laughs> I, uh, and I'm going straight back to bed. <laughs> I'm. So, I think I. I think I uh, took your energy, Tom. I woke up 
stepped on my cat's vomit. There's a oh. fire outside. My apartment's a mess. And mm-hmm. I was like, I feel great. And I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I may have stayed up until 3.30 playing the Avengers. Um, Maybe. I won't. I won't guarantee that. Oh, Did yeah. you see that the the fires were caused by a gender reveal party? Oh, these the the ones yes. that are outside my window. Yes, the fire the one of the California fires is caused by an explosive at a gender reveal party. Mm-hmm. I just saw that on the news before we started recording. <laughs> wow. Yeah, when I if if I ever have a kid, I want it to devastate people. Right? No, I, that would that would be the reveal party. Is I would set most of California on fire, and then <laughs> yeah. the flames would would reveal the 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 color of the child I was about to bring into the world. Whatever you name your kid at that point, you need to add the destructor afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Brayden the destructed. <laughs> Or you you could either do colored flames, or you could just write the word "boy" real big, you know, like Ariel here, <laughs> yeah. and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, good times, <clears throat> yeah, folks. <laughs> well, I uh, uh, I'm not gonna do any form of segue. Our topic today is ketchup. Yeah, oh, good. <laughs> and with every topic on the show, I, I start by asking the guests what their relationship to is, or their opinion of it is. Dave, Tom, uh, what's your relationship to ketchup? in your life tom why don't you start us off i have a healthy fear and respect for ketchup <laughs> yeah no uh it's just you know it's ketchup it's it, i i ate it more as a kid as i've gotten older i don't use it as much as a condiment like i yeah. pref- it's, it's it's weird but i prefer like mayonnaise on like my hamburgers and, and things like that but yeah you know it's not it's not a it's just a thing that you would put on hamburgers and hot dogs like that's that's just ketchup, you know. Um, yeah, it's good for fries. See, again, I use mayonnaise for <laughs> my fries. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I'm generally pro ketchup, but I know what you're saying, Tom. Is that as a kid, I was way more pro. Yeah, I was way more pro ketchup as a kid. And I th- oh, think because yeah. it's sweeter. Yeah, me too. It is very sugary. Yeah. Yeah, I like ketchup chips. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like the ketchup flavored chips. Dave, are you able to get those? Uh, like in in California? Yeah, I think they're around here. I I, uh, oh. I think Pringles makes them. I don't know. There's a few places that do ketchup flavored. I haven't I haven't like I haven't looked for them recently. I did do some research leading up to this. I looked at the ketchup subreddit. Whoa! And I'm happy to report that it gets sexual pretty quick. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> checks out. Okay. Yeah, it, uh, but it is generally a love letter to ketchup. Oh, it sounds like it's explicitly a love letter to ketchup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. You I, can only um, hope it's a letter. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Audio, video? No thanks. Dearest ketchup, <laughs> I write this to you from the front lines. <laughs> How I wish to taste your tang once again. <laughs> your salty tang. Ketchup is uh, speaking of tang. Like you, if you mix that with, um, you do it the British way. You do vinegar on fries, or I guess chips as they call it. Yeah, like slather it in ketchup. Eat mm-hmm. it with a fork. That's that's delicious. Like you have to lean into ketchup. I think you have to be like, I'm eating ketchup now. Yeah, I feel like that's the general relationship with fries. It's like the fries need to be condimented to such a degree that it's like I need I need to bring a tool into this. I need I need yeah. some sort of small shovel. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then yeah, you get a fork. 
Well, and that uh, you're, and I, I feel like your guys' experiences jive with mine in particular. It being a big thing as a kid, especially, and also like kind of an American thing versus other. Like if I'm having another condiment on something that's usually for ketchup, I'm like, oh, what am I European? Right. Like, that's, that's sort of my <laughs> initial thought about myself. <laughs> like, oh, I'm having palm frites now that there are mayonnaise mm, on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys done ketchup and mayonnaise? Oh yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, that's a solid. That's a solid mix you do a little bit of ketchup and then because mayonnaise i think is uh we all look we all need a lubricant for our food that's what it comes Mm -hmm. down to right yeah is like you can't just eat a dry burger (laughs) it's just weird right Uh, we need to dip it in other things and i think mayonnaise like i don't cover things in mayonnaise but i i i think that's why a mix of like ketchup for a little bit of flavor and the mayonnaise because i don't like the flavor of mayonnaise generally but i use it Dave, this this, Dave, like this, this podcast is about ketchup. I don't know why you're... <laughs> Look, we're, we're talking about the marriage between ketchup the, and mayonnaise right now, Tom. <laughs> they join at a molecular a level. <laughs> I think they're a good pair, is mm. my point. As a burger... Sure, lubricant. they're the Harold and Maude of food lubricant. <laughs> yeah. That's a weird That's a weird one. To well, the Maude would be the Mod. mayonnaise, because mayonnaise is for older folks. Mm. And then You're right. Maude would be the mayonnaise. And then the ketchup is sugary, true. so that would be Harold. Alex, we're going to make this as movie-related uh, as possible. I'm excited to find out how. This is great. Yeah. Well, I did. I, I actually Googled ketchup in movies as research for this, and I found a quiz okay. of, like, which, like, can you name the movies with ketchup in them? So, like, I don't know. When Harry Met Sally had a good ketchup scene, a famous scene at a restaurant, uh Goodfellas has a pretty big ketchup scene. Mm-hmm. Dumb and Dumber, of course, has a big ketchup scene where they drink the ketchup. <laughs> uh, yeah, ke- ketchup's around. Yeah, Ketch- ketchup. You can yeah. find uh, a, a remnants of, of ketchup with throughout popular culture. Yes, <laughs> you can see it's you can see its circular foot st- foot footprint. <laughs> Heinz ketchup started an IMDb page. Uh, no, as a promotional thing. Yeah. What? <laughs> During the Oscars, they started an IMDb page to give themselves like credit for being in the films that were nominated. <laughs> IMDb, I believe, shut the page down uh, <laughs> because they were like, come on, we're not going to be part of your marketing stunt unless you give us money. Uh, <laughs> right. We're, we're not going to be, we, the an Amazon subsidiary, yeah. are not going to be part of your marketing yeah. stunt. So yeah, that's I, I guess that's it for me and my knowledge of ketchup. Well, I think uh, I think from here we can go into our, our first uh, main segment. Uh, on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. Uh, this episode has kind of a longer one than usual. There's a lot of fun numbers and stats here for ketchup. Uh, but the segment is a set of fascinating numbers and statistics in a segment called I Would Do Anything for Love, oh. But I Won't Do Stats. And uh, that segment name was submitted by Christopher Brown. We are going to have a new name for this segment every week submitted by listeners like you. Make them as silly and wacky as possible. The less good, the better. Submit your name for the numbers and statistics segment to at SIFpod on Twitter or to SIFpod at gmail.com. Alex, I think... Oh, that's, that's, that's a fun Yeah, game. I think you set a, a, a hell of a precedent. A dangerous precedent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I remember listening to your first episode that was it was submitted by you. Yes. And you sang for it. And now everybody's going to be like, well, what else can he sing? And you're never going to yeah, get anything else. We got a Patreon producer that was like, sing this. And we're like, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> we're not, you shut we're that, not singing You shut it. that down right away. 
I'm not singing this every time we record. <laughs> but I, 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 I commend you for, oh, for doing it. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. it's uh, people are submitting gonna... fun ones, and I also I right. picked this one. Uh, this, this is very nerdy, but the artist Meatloaf ketchup's king created meatloaf it all comes together oh, right it's all a knitted perfect. together universe i think yeah it's also the singer meatloaf's primary <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> just bottles of it he's 70 percent ketchup it <laughs> <laughs> courses through his veins it's the source of his yeah. power you know how like fancy professional <clears throat> singers they'll have that like tea with lemon or like that little spray bottle if they're really old timey <laughs> right just a yeah. mug of warm ketchup <laughs> on his vocal rest day. Oh, almost showtime. Gulp, uh, gulp, gulp. <laughs> Puts a kettle of ketchup on. Oh, I... I think it would turn into a glaze, right? Because uh, it's mostly sugar. What, if you heat up ketchup? Yeah, if you like heated up ketchup on the stove, it would become like a glaze. I mean, honestly, any of us can figure this out right now. Yeah, like, this is a thing we can do. Yeah, we could do a science experiment. We can get to the bottom of this mystery. Yeah. <laughs> in the edit, I just put in a big whoosh noise for, and we're back from testing the ketchup heating. Uh, guys, didn't go good. <laughs> didn't go good. Yeah. Uh, we have caused three additional California fires. <laughs> it's all right. I'll just t- I'll just tell the authorities it was a gender reveal party. Yeah, it's fine. It was ketchup. Right, it's less embarrassing to say it was a gender reveal. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. my ketchup experiments. <laughs> my ketchup experiments. I like pluralizing that because it implies <laughs> right. many, yeah. many yeah, this experiments. Is a, it's a series. Yeah. Look, listen, you don't just do one hi- uh, test to um, <clears throat> test your hypothesis. Yeah. It's got to be thorough. Well, and uh, let's get into the stats here. The, uh, the first uh, number, really, is the number five. Um, because five is the basic number of standard ingredients in ketchup. Uh, and there's there's a few ways you can count it, but the basic five are uh, tomatoes, and then vinegar, salt, some kind of sweetener, and then any kind of spices you want, like pepper or garlic or anything like that. That's, uh, but it's a basic five that creates tomato ketchup. That's kind of reassuring, because ketchup's one of those things that like you could have been like, tomato, salt, uh horse uh, (laughs) spices and it'd be like oh really yeah yeah, no it's like oh yeah yeah. tomato salt vinegar uh souls yeah Um. because it it is one of those things that i've just sort of trusted Mm -hmm. it you know the primary ingredient is cricket feet yeah (laughs) that's what gives it its tang (laughs) the the foot is the tangiest part of the crickets Mm. (laughs) any connoisseur will tell you (laughs) yeah it is it's also I like that idea of trusting ketchup. I think that's like very true for especially Americans. Yeah. Uh, the next stat here is 97%. And according to Smithsonian, 97% of Americans have a bottle of ketchup at home. That checks like it's, out. It's, it's pretty universal. Even, even mayonnaise has some people that don't like it. But ketchup is just like either very normal. I feel like the 3% haven't been to the store in time to get more ketchup. Like that's, that's how that stat happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, it feels like, like it feels like, salt and pepper like it's on that level of, of u- yeah. ubiquity in terms of condiment yeah. it's also one of those condiments that you you buy a big bulk thing you forget about it for two years yeah <laughs> it's like you just you just you never check to see the expiration date it's like it's ketchup what right could go like wrong? yeah like I, I know it does go bad but it doesn't go bad <laughs> no. like, why would it <clears throat> it's it's like vinegar is one of its primary yeah. ingredients yeah 
Like really the number two ingredient is vinegar. It's very important to it. Yeah. So it's preserved. Yeah. 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 It's borderline botulism as it's natural. <laughs> yes. So, like, how are you ever going to know you wouldn't, that you it wouldn't. goes bad? That, act- that takes us perfectly into the next number here is one month. And one month is the approximate amount of time you can leave ketchup out after opening it without refrigerating it. Like, I, I refrigerate ours, and I'm used to refrigerating it. That's what we did growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but Same, especially yeah. restaurants, according to The Kitchen, which is kitchen with no E, uh, they say that, quote, if you use ketchup often, do as restaurants and diners do. Just leave it out. If you don't think you'll finish the bottle in one month, it's best to keep it in the refrigerator. Whoever invents ketchup that can be left out for longer will be a millionaire, right? Because I don't like, I don't want my ketchup cold. I want it room temperature. We already sort of treat ketchup like it can be left out forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I refrigerate mine, but like, I get bummed out every time mm-hmm. because it's, you then... You have like a nice hot, hot, like in my case, a veggie burger or uh, fries, and then you put some like ice cold ketchup down and it's like, well, that sucks. Like, I want that to also be kind of at least room temperature. Well, that's when you break out the ketchup kettle. Right. That's true. (laughs) You you, you You heat up some ketchup. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be seen heating up ketchup that way. Someone would assume I'm a cereal killer. Right. No, I'm pretty sure the FBI would show up at your house. Yeah. They'd be like, "We heard you're doing what with ketchup? We heard you're warming up ketchup, just... so you're gonna you've 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 fit seventeen different profiles we have right now. So right, we don't have, yeah, we don't have an exact law about this, yeah. but we'll figure it yeah. out. You're coming. You're with gonna us. need to come with us. Put I, the ketchup down. A a show idea is is being birthed in my mind. Law and Order SKU, folks, we need to watch out <laughs> for the special ketchup unit and their ketchup unit crimes and victims. Uh, that delights me. Yeah, <laughs> I would watch. I would watch that entire show. Yeah, I'm just picturing Christopher Maloney like angrily defending the rights of ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the next number here is ten percent uh, because ten percent is the retaliatory tariff that Canada put on U.S. ketchup in 2018. Uh, the U.S. put a bunch of tariffs on a bunch of Canadian stuff uh, because we wanted to uh, fight. Sure. And so then this is coming from a Quartz article indexing 229 different products that Canada put a tariff on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other number here is 60% because that's the amount of U.S. ketchup exports that go specifically to Canada. Of all our exports, 60% go there. It's actually like a very meaningful U.S. to Canada ketchup trade. And this was economically important as they did the tariffs. So... Canada has the, all the ketchup? No, we export to Canada. Yeah. Oh, okay. We export. They don't have any ketchup? So they it became a thing where, and we'll link a great CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, piece about it, because as this fight escalated, the French's brand stepped in and started ramping up their ketchup production in Canada, and it got to the point where... Prime Minister Justin Trudeau gave a speech specifically name-checking French's as the Canadian-made ketchup that they were ready to switch to uh, if this if this trade war escalated any further uh, instead of Heinz. That's wow. One of, one of my favorite elements of the past four years has been the arbitrary and s- foolish trade wars we've started with several countries. Right. <laughs> but Canada, can't they just put gravy on? Don't they just put gravy on everything? Can't they just gravy it up? That's true. They don't need our ketchup. They got they got solutions. Because they love ketchup, too. I feel like Canada's really sure. doing well in the sauce game. I'm really impressed now. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. Mm-hmm. Man. So we so we get... All right. 
Yeah, I could see French's being a good alternative. What do we go with? Heinz? Heinz is our number one? This is another number we can jump to. 70%. That's the approximate Heinz catch-up market share in the U.S., according to NPR. Ah. That checks out. And then it's actually higher other places, and it's 77% in Canada, 80% in Europe. And then Heinz also owns the main companies that make what Australia and New Zealand call tomato sauce. Okay. But it's basically ketchup. Like they, they use tomato sauce as the name for it. And uh, Heinz owns the Big Red brand in Australia and a company called Wadi's in New Zealand. So across the English-speaking world, as far as I can tell, Heinz is just totally dominant uh, at ketchup. Somewhere there's a dynasty that's just ketchup, right? Like there's people we don't even know yes. about doing unspeakable things on yachts in because of ketchup. <clears throat> oh. Like there's... Oh, yeah. No, it's... Uh, what was... It's... um. Uh, what's her name? Teresa Heinz Carey, oh, John right. Carey's yeah. wife. Like that. <laughs> we do. Like she's the we Heinz. We do know about yeah. them. That is a, yeah. That is literally a <laughs> dynasty. <laughs> oh yeah. Man. She actually she married in and she married uh, before John Carey. She was married to Senator John Heinz, oh. whose full name is Henry John Heinz the third, and then their son is Henry John Heinz the fourth. That's like actually the dynasty. Yeah. Wow. Do you think? <laughs> At, like, the hey, rich yeah. people clubs, they're sort of a joke. Do you think, like, I don't I don't know. Do they care <laughs> where the money comes from in these societies? Dave, did you listen, do, did you yeah, listen to true. these numbers? <laughs> like, 80% of the ketchup market share, like, worldwide? They like, probably no, have. <laughs> nobody, nobody laughs at that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They probably have their own ninjas. Like they like if you get rich enough, you can probably just have ninjas, right? Like on on standby, you're not using them, but like but they're there. They're probably a, they're probably to be respected and feared. The ketchup, <laughs> uh, people, yeah, I would I would think that's one of the echelons right. of these clubs or Illuminatis or whatever. Yeah. Is just would you like some extremely flexible fighting gymnasts? Yeah. We have those. We got them. Absolutely, go. I would. Yes. Yeah. Right. Who says no? I mean, come on. Like, come on. <laughs> they don't even necessarily have to do anything. I just want to know that they're there. Oh, yeah. Uh, they'd probably end up just gardening for me. You know, like when you have you have them all and you're like, well, I'm not using them. So I guess they're going to do, do housework. Right. I don't need to assassinate anyone yeah. today. But if you guys want to help me hang some pictures. <laughs> One of the numbers here is half a cup. And half a cup is the recipe amount of ketchup that goes into what's called the Great Canadian Heinz Ketchup Cake. And this is from the Kraft Heinz uh, Canada website, because Kraft and Heinz merged in 2015. Um, But it's a cake that you make with an entire half a cup of ketchup, and then you get this like red cake out of it. Uh, And apparently it's very popular in Canada to eat ketchup cake. That's dumb. I... <laughs> that's a, that's entirely too ketchup, much ketchup. <laughs> ketchup cake, cake does disturb me. I want to be open to it, but <laughs> that yeah. is that is that is shaking me. That is at my core. Because <laughs> I I saw the I, I saw the photo you sent, yeah. and it just looks like you know yeah. like uh, devil's food cake. Like it, it looks like a like yeah. red velvet cake. Yeah, and so I would bite into it thinking it was red velvet cake, and wow, would I be betrayed? <laughs> that would ruin my day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I might not speak for the rest of that day. Yeah, I I'm trying to I'm trying to understand it, and I guess because it's kind of sweet, right? Yeah, like you could maybe see a cake 
but no, that's it's that's the devil's work. <laughs> mm. Yeah, reportedly it tastes either like carrot cake a little bit or kind of like red velvet cake because red velvet cake has a vinegary element too. All right. uh, so apparently that's what you get out of it. But uh, the Canadians have been the ones to get way, way on board with it. And most American sources I could find were like, we tried this weird thing one time in our like digital media company's kitchen. Oh, that's weird. Like, <laughs> But the Canadians are way into it. I feel like we need to pay more attention to what they're up to uh, in terms of <laughs> like culinary stuff. Because every time I hear about something Canadians are doing in terms of food... I'm like, why do we allow them in the country? Yeah. Like, what are they doing up there? We need to we need to be like the moment I went to Canada and I was like, why? What are these bags? And they're like, it's milk. And I'm like, OK, you're doing milk wrong. Um, <laughs> apparently not. Apparently, it's actually very better for the environment. And like, yeah. the milk bags are. But like still, it just I don't know. It's like a it's like an alternate universe up there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really shouldn't be knocking Canada right now, <laughs> considering the country we're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but still, like food-wise, uh, they're like a Willy Wonka factory up there. It's 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 amazing. Because also, when you were talking, Dave, about ketchup chips before, like I, we have other links here, like the Takeout.com, saying that ketchup chips are like the national flavor of chips in Canada. Not officially, but it's like it's a huge thing there. Like I, when I was putting this together, at one point my notes just said Canadians is freaks because they're they're just that into ketchup in a way that I did not anticipate at all. I mean, the fact that they're doing ketchup because ketchup chips is hard to find here. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm wrong about them. I'm doing a complete 180 right now, and maybe we all <laughs> maybe we should be eating like them because just that that alone. Uh, we need more ketchup chips. They're delicious. Yeah, Canada because Canada. They're so sensible about everything, yeah, and they're in so many ways, and that's a little bit of a stereotype too. Like I've I've seen actual Canadian people be like, "No, we have problems too," and they're probably lying, and it's probably great. Yeah, uh, they're definitely. But I lying. I don't know, like I, anything they're doing different from us, I I tend to give it a shot. I'm right. like, yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, like like food, healthcare, like we you know any you know just let's give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, let's bake healthcare into a cake. <laughs> right. <laughs> And our last couple numbers here take us back to the United States and specifically to Southern Illinois. Uh, The first number here is 170 feet tall, which is 51.8 meters. Uh, 170 feet tall is the height of a water tower that is considered the world's largest ketchup bottle. Uh, And it was built, according to Atlas Obscura, it was built in October of 1949 in Collinsville, Illinois, outside St. Louis, uh, at the now-closed Brooks Foods plant. So it's a 70-foot-tall bottle atop a 100-foot water tower that looks like a giant bottle of ketchup from this old company. Does it contain ketchup? It's a water? They did the actual math, and it holds 100,000 gallons of water, which would be 640,000 standard-sized ketchup bottles. So we know okay. what it could do. Uh, <laughs> we know its potential, but we haven't. It's, it's, the reality is too terrifying. Yeah, I have a philosophical question, it. I guess. If a ketchup bottle never contained ketchup, is it a ketchup bottle? Like it looks like a ketchup bottle. Yeah. But it was never it never functioned as a ketchup bottle. So like Yeah, that's probably true. I'm I, I don't want to knock them, but I'm I'm I I think at some point you need to put ketchup in that. <laughs> Just saying, something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, if, also, I feel like 1949 America was not going to do the foolishness of actually filling it with ketchup. Like, no, that's wasteful. And, and... Right, post, yeah, we're still operating in like rations mentality. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah. they'd never get the ketchup out of it. So now it'd be just like the world's largest collection of fly larvae. Uh, yeah, I was like, going to say, would it, would, be... it would be like the world's largest container of dead ants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or you wash it out good, and all the town's water has like a tang of ketchup for a yeah. long time. Like <laughs> just <laughs> this last number here is 127 gallons, which is over 480 liters. Um, 127 gallons is the size of the world's largest ketchup packet, which, according to the Guinness Book of World Records and the St. Louis Post Dispatch, was done in Collinsville, Illinois, in 2007. Uh, it was a collaboration between a church there called Sun Life Church and the Heinz Company, and they actually filled a massive 127-gallon packet with actual ketchup there we go. as a, a stunt. See that? What did they do with yeah. it? <laughs> uh, I imagine. They, I'm glad you asked. They squirted it on the world's largest burger. I don't know. No, I imagine they got a giant car and they put it under the tire of the car and ran Whoa. over it. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> And they got the Bigfoot monster truck to run over it. Yeah. Well, in terms of, uh, we have a lot of history in the show, but also this first takeaway is all recent stuff. Takeaway number one. One specific guy is the secret global master of ketchup flavor. Wait. That's a thing going on. Right now, today, as we speak, one guy is in charge of basically the flavor of all ketchup in the world, uh, if he extended out far enough. It's too much power. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> Too much power for one man. I bet he he wakes up screaming. Like I that, like it. I I don't think it's. I think it weighs heavy on him. I like to. Think, it would. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the crown is heavy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I uh, I also I sent you guys a couple pictures of him. He seems he seems like the guy born to do this to me. He seems very happy about his work. Right. He's the exact I, person I, I pictured. Look at this picture when, again. If you say the, there's one person in charge of all the the ketchup flavor of all the world this is the exact man you would picture <laughs> his uh, his name is hector osorno and our two sources here are npr's the salt blog which has an article called meet the man who guards america's ketchup by dan charles uh, and then our other source is univision because their uh the their piece is called meet the mexican man in charge of heinz ketchup's flavor and quality by luis mahid uh, because Hector Osorno was uh, born in Mexico, grew up in Mexico, and then became an engineer and started working at the Heinz Company 20 years ago uh, and has risen through the ranks to be the official Kraft Heinz ketchup master. That is his job title on, on like paperwork and stuff. He's the master of ketchup. He's guarding ketchup from all enemies, foreign and domestic. <laughs> I just looked at him again. Like, that's a man who's got it all figured out. <laughs> like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if if I were to die and he's the thing I see first. It would all make sense. It gives you a, it gives you a, a t- one of those tiny paper cups of ketchup. Welcome, my child. <laughs> yeah. Here's, welcome to Elysium. Here's your bottle of ketchup. <laughs> Here is your ketchup. Like, oh, I don't understand the afterlife at all, it turns out. <laughs> ketchup turns out ketchup was way more important than i anticipated it's just a pantheon of greek gods and they're all just drinking ketchup out of chalices <laughs> oh that was ambrosia yeah. oh drink it was of ketchup this whole time 
<laughs> These nerds are just guzzling ketchup. So Hector Osorno, uh, he's been doing this job a long time. Uh, in his interview with Univision, he said, and since he is, is bilingual and was able to, he said, quote, para mí el tomate es una fruta extraordinaria, uh, which if people don't speak Spanish means that the tomato is an extraordinary fruit to him. Uh, he also says that before him, other people dedicated their lives to this same job. He's not the first one, which opens up a universe of like, like, like that secret spy group in Kingsman or something, like a bunch of catch-up masters going back yeah. in time. Yeah, how is? Yeah, how are they yeah. chosen? <laughs> well, how do you get selected for this process? Tomatoes are very powerful. We throw them at comedians that we don't like. <laughs> like we use them to to <clears throat> vote in a way. Uh, you know, and, yeah. and they're the voice. We, they're the voice of the people. They're the voice of the people, exactly. <laughs> and we also they're delicious, and we consume them in many different ways. So I don't know. Makes sense. All right. Off of that, we're going to a short break, followed by the big takeaways. See you in a sec. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them, and then you just stay there like like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. It's also, I feel like, we'll, we'll get into how much he oversees, but part of how he can be the one master is that, like, U.S. ketchup production is really streamlined. They, uh, NPR interviewed Hector Osorno at a Heinz processing plant in the Central Valley of California, in Los Banos, California. And he said, quote, Every day I'm making 18 batches. If we detect something that the factories didn't, we immediately notify them, end quote. And then that stuff is going to just two factories in the entire U.S. One's in Fremont, Ohio. One's in Muscatine, Iowa. Uh, and then from there, uh, California also grows 95% of the U.S. tomatoes that get processed into stuff. Like, not the wow. fresh ones, but the one for ketchup and sauces and stuff. Uh, so it's basically California farms, two Heinz factories, and then 70% of U.S. ketchup from there, and even more elsewhere in the world. It's pretty. So it's like this one guy oversees a lot of the ketchup. I feel reassured uh, by a lot of what you're saying. <laughs> well, no, because like the ingredient, like I feel like after this episode, I was scared this episode is going to make me not want to eat ketchup anymore. But I'm glad there's like one oh. guy who's just really into tomatoes 
uh, overseer. Right, he's looking out for us. Because someone needs to be really into tomatoes, and it's not going to be me, but there needs to be somebody, and I'm glad there is somebody who's yeah, just like, for sure. I am tomato king. I sleep, yeah. I sleep easier at night knowing that Hector is out there. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Like, I feel like he, he's got our backs. Yeah, I think that that's very true, like, especially the specific standard he wants. Uh, uh, NPR, or he told NPR that the flavor of U.S. Heinz ketchup has never changed on his watch of, of more than 20 years working there. Uh, he said it does vary slightly between countries, and at one point they tried to do one single flavor for Europe, which was a crisis, apparently, because Germans like it uh, with more vinegar, and the British like it spicier, and so then they had to, like negotiate and figure out what made the most sense for Europe. Oh. But Hector's making the U.S. the way it is uh, all the time. Right. Knocking it out. So what I'm hearing is that Germans and British like it better, and we're just like, we want nor- we want boring ketchup. Because <laughs> both more vinegary and more spicy sounds delightful. Oh, yeah. Um, and we're just like, put sugar in it. <laughs> like, we just, like, ours feels like just sugary. I'm legitimately curious about that flavor profile difference between countries, because also, according to Univision, Hector Asorno has trained seven other Heinz ketchup masters who were then, like, sent to other parts of the world. Like, Heinz has a bunch of European factories and a bunch of other factories. So he's also, like, I feel like between Heinz being so much of the U.S. supply, him watching so much of it, and then him deputizing other people across the world... Like, he is directly or indirectly controlling all of the ketchup in the world, which yeah. is uh, very exciting to know that he exists. It's great. He's the power behind the Heinz throne. Yeah. Like, he, I feel like by, I think if he changed the flavor of ketchup in just the right way, he might be able to inadvertently cause a world war, <laughs> like, through, like, a butterfly effect. Like, this person does kind of hold all the cards. Uh he could end us at any point, and he yeah. chooses not to. It, well, it would either be that, or he could... I feel like he could seize power, you know? Yeah. Like, he could change the flavor of ketchup, and then in such a way that we would make immediately make him, like, emperor of Earth. Yeah. Or, yeah, or he'd change it in a bad way and be like, make me emperor of Earth. <laughs> don't He would never do that, though, so don't... Yeah, no, he loves Hector. Us. Hector would never do that to ketchup. Yeah. yeah. He would only make it better. It's, yeah. <laughs> It's just shocking how much power there is here. <laughs> is there a ketchup villain? Is there? Does he have an opposite out there somewhere? <laughs> is, there catch, is there ketchup blowfield yeah, running yeah, around yeah. out there? Yeah, 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 just trying to thwart him. Like, it's just mustard. Like, somehow mustard is all diabolical. It's and just we don't mustard. Know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, like it's mustard funding terror, is like, and it's really it's bad. The, yeah, the yeah, most yeah. evil <laughs> company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think off of those adventures, um, let's uh, let's go into takeaway number two of the show. Takeaway number two: ketchup is a recent invention with an old Southeast Asian name. Ah, I think I, I had no idea until researching it. Yeah, it's a very unique word. Yeah, I just uh, assumed I just assumed it was a like a made up word, like just like a name. So uh, it's a little complicated. The way it breaks down is like what we would consider ketchup talking on here, like this tomato sauce substance. Uh, That originated in the United States in the 1800s. That's really where it came from. Uh, But the name ketchup 
was borrowed from other stuff, and that name is more than 2,000 years old, and it's from Southeast Asia. Wow. The uh, great source here is the Christian Science Monitor. Their article is called History of the World in a Ketchup Bottle by Ruth Walker, uh, and she's covering the work of Stanford University linguist Dan Jarofsky, uh, who wrote an entire book about food and food words and where they come from. He said, quote, This book had its genesis in two questions. The first was, why does the label say tomato ketchup? Isn't that redundant? Mm. And then the second question came from a friend in Hong Kong who recognized the word as Chinese. Mm. And their question was, how do you say ketchup in English? Huh. Which we really don't think of it that way. We just think like, oh, Heinz, it's the Heinz stuff. It's it's American. It goes on hot dogs, except it doesn't because I'm from Chicago. But, you know, that's <laughs> that's the thing. Right. So, yeah, so the word ketchup has East Asian origin. And it's because uh, Professor Jarowski explains that the word comes from a dialect of Chinese called Hokkien, which is used in southern Fujian and also in Taiwan. Hmm. And uh, the syllable ke means preserved fish. And then the syllable chup means sauce in Hokkien and also in Cantonese, uh, because the original sauce called ketchup was a fish sauce, uh, kind of like modern Vietnamese fish sauce. That's what ketchup was. Oh. Hmm. I never knew that <laughs> and would have gone the rest of my life not knowing that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess it's just not, it's not the thing you think about. You just like assume it's, it's just yeah. like a product name, like Xerox or something like that, where they're just like, oh, they just, this is just what they called it. And now that's what it is, like Zamboni. Yeah. How did it get here? I'm imagining some like fast talking salesman came uh, from Asia and was like, well, name it ketchup. And it's like, it's just, it's just a word he heard. That's, that's almost what happened. Yeah. Nice. It's because specifically it's, it's two sets of traders. One is that Chinese and Malaysian traders spread this sauce called ketchup across the rest of Southeast Asia. Okay. So it just kept being what it's called. Uh, and then what happened is the British Empire. Ah. Uh, because they every time. started bringing it all the way. Every in. time. The British <laughs> yeah. Empire. Every time. <laughs> Uh, and apparently, especially in the 1700s, they started bringing the actual fish sauce back to Europe. And they were like, we really like this vinegary, salty, sweet kind of sauce made of fish. Uh, and then people were like, yes, I do like it. Where do I get some Southeast Asian fish to make this? Don't have it. And so then people in Europe started making vinegary, sweet, spicy sauces out of all kinds of other substances. Uh, the British got into mushroom ketchup. Uh, Jane Austen, the author, apparently grew up with walnut ketchup, Ooh. and people made it also out of like grapes and just just anything they could find to make a vinegary right. sauce uh, was ketchup. That's the potential of other versions of ketchup. Like tomato is great, but uh, I didn't even think about the potential of just doing like walnut ketchup and stuff like that. Yeah. That's incredible. It's a whole new world of ketchup. The other thing with like where tomato ketchup came from is it. It did not exist in, uh, like, tomatoes were famously in what's called the New World, and then in the Colombian Exchange, it came over to Europe and and the, the Old World, so to speak. Uh, but ketchup was not being made before that. Like, this came from people trying Southeast Asian fish sauce, then trying other sauces in Europe, and then saying, we have tomatoes, I wonder if we could make ketchup out of this. Uh, and then the name is, earliest recorded use of it is around 300 BC, the word, like, ketchup. Uh, for a sauce. So the name is incredibly wow. old, and the sauce is from like the last couple hundred years. 
So ketchup had to go span the globe to become ketchup, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Is it started in Asia, and they're like, we do fish. And then it went to Europe, and they're like, nah, we're going to try other stuff, walnuts. And then they came to America, and they're like, there it is, mm-hmm. tomato. That's, that's, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't have it. Here it is. Yeah, it's like the, yeah. it's like the Elijah Wood film North. Right, it is. It's exactly like the Elijah Wood film North. <laughs> And then it went back to Asia, and Asia's like, what the heck did you do to our ketchup? What is this? Yeah. What is North, the movie? I I have no idea. (laughs) It's the kid who's trying to find, like, his real family, I think, or something. I don't know. He he, he goes through... It's like a... He goes through several different parents, and it's like there's a bunch of cameos in it as the different parents, so... Right. I feel like Dan Aykroyd's in it, but I don't know for sure. I'm pretty sure sure Bruce Willis is one of the parents. It's like, it's uh, Roger Ebert's review of it became a meme. He hated it so much, like in a singular way. Oh, (laughs) like he was uh, Roger Ebert was so angry with this children's movie. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) How does it relate to ketchup? He he's like ketchup. He's like ketchup traveling around the world trying to find his home. Surprising roots after a long journey. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Oh, yeah. That that was a good. That was a good connection. Actually. It was an yeah. apt yeah. comparison. His I first, just... <laughs> yeah. His, his first parents in the movie were fish. Yeah, he had fish parents. Yeah. And it's then, fish uh, folk. There were a couple of walnuts. <laughs> and also another fun thing with these roots of it is that there continue to be new ketchups that are not made of tomatoes. And the prime example is banana ketchup. <gasps> and banana ketchup is made uh, in the Philippines to this day. And it originated there because in World War II, the Philippines had a hard time getting shipments of all the things it usually got because of the U.S. and Japan fighting and so on. Uh, And so they were low on tomatoes and had a bunch of bananas locally. And so they just started (laughs) making their ketchup out of bananas. And now now they like it. It's what they're into. Right. They're like, all right, screw it. And then they taste it and they're like, that works. Yeah, I can't even imagine what that tastes like. I kind of can, to be honest. And I want to try it because... It has, like tomatoes, it has a sweetness. Bananas. That's not too, too sweet, right? Although yeah. tomatoes are yeah. made to, the ketchup is made to be sweet. But um, I, I can sort of see dipping my fries in that. Dipping my fries in bananas. <laughs> it sounds pretty good. If I remember it, I, I think I sent you guys a picture of a bottle that I found. Yeah. You did, yeah, yeah. And I was surprised that the sauce looks reddish. Like, I really thought it would be banana colored, but it's not. Yeah, I'm sure it's dyed. It's food coloring like i i think the idea is they're just like look red is ketchup uh oh yeah probably yeah i think it frightens and confuses us to do something (laughs) other than that i remember there was a spongebob squarepants craft mac and cheese where it was blue uh and that was the most disgusting thing i've ever eaten in my life and it's just because it was blue mac and cheese why even why do that that shrek ketchup that green ketchup I don't think yeah. even kids. I think it. I think it's haunting. No, that make that makes total sense. They, they must have died it, and yeah, we. Because I remember, I think it was like the early two thousands. They started doing, uh, and it was because I was watching TV for kids, and they were like, "Hey, kids, you're really excited about green and purple ketchup, right?" And I was like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> yeah. I am, Why would we be? <laughs> that's disgusting. What are you? Th- what are you thinking about? <laughs> I have no politics, and I'm just watching Nickelodeon, and I'm so mad yeah. about this thing you told me about because uh, this, this looks. <laughs> like poison this looks like this looks radioactive i'm not eating this (laughs) and also and then one other just interesting thing about that origin of the name ketchup is uh that's the reason you sometimes see it called catsup 
Uh, or like, uh, you know, there's like, there's that joke on The Simpsons where Mr. Burns is looking at ketchup and catsup and, and freezes in the store because he doesn't know what's going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just because different groups of people who speak English, like anglicize the the East Asian word differently. And that's why it's spelled different sometimes. Wait. What? Like in different... <laughs> And we we just call, we just decided to call it something yeah. different. The actual word it's it's like ketchup, and it's it's not uh, it's in uh, you know a, a dialect of Chinese. And so when British traders or American people or other English speakers tried to turn it into a sauce for ourselves as a word, uh, they just spelled it differently sometimes. And so some people were like, "That Chinese word is now catsup," and then the rest of us were like, "You sound old fashioned. I don't like it." And we never honed it in. We never agreed. There's just. People who are like, no, it's catsup, and it's like, join the rest of the world. Right. If I if somebody ketchup. ever if somebody ever corrected me and said, no, it's catsup, I that would be the hardest I've ever slapped someone. Yeah, I yeah. It's just like <laughs> so you're just choosing to call it something different right. because like what your ancestors didn't yeah. called it something different, and like I get it. Like it sounds like both are valid, but like yeah, join us in 2020. Right. No, people. it's ketchup. I'm sorry you dinks yeah I'm sorry it's just that's what it is I thought it was like I thought there was like a different flavor to it or it was made differently no yeah it's just it's just a different use of the word yeah that's just like I I hate that I hate that Alex (laughs) it's like if someone was like these are these are apples but some people call them apples and it's like why I don't know because they just choose to, and it's like we'll call them apples. Yeah, just let's all agree. Let's all you, sit down and you agree. Weird freak. <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I think that a little bit takes us into the last takeaway of the episode. Let's get into takeaway number three for the episode. Final takeaway. Takeaway number three. Ketchup revolutionized and industrialized all of American food. And we're specifically looking at especially the Heinz Company's approach to creating what became modern ketchup, which they did at the turn of the century, early 1900s. And it's it's mostly a food safety thing and also like a style of industrially producing big batches of food. Oh, oh like mass mass producing and um, like, uh, processed food. Yeah. So they like led the way in the industry behind the scenes. Yeah, and in in particular with their ketchup product, because hmm. they uh, they made a whole bunch of things. Um, uh, the company F and J Heinz started in 1876, uh, and one of their first products was ketchup. But also, um, by the turn of the century, they were making uh, almost 200 things, and that that 57 on the bottles comes from a time when they were making about 57 products. And so they were like, let's advertise that we have 57 products. And then they've just kept that even though they make like everything now. Like they're a Death Star of food. <laughs> right. what, a, what a strange advertising point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the number of things we make. <laughs> it's like the only time in history anyone's ever done that strategy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's tell them the number of things we make. Why? I don't know. It sounds good. <laughs> the weird... The hey. Yeah. Mr. Hines, that just sounds like a random fact. 57! And like rides away, you know? <laughs> 57 speeds off in his Model T. How 
How long do you think their holdout was? Like they had some developer who had a 58th product <laughs> and he was like really pushing it. And they're like, no, it says 57. We have to get rid of one in order to introduce <laughs> your new condiment or whatever. Yeah, it is. The, I, they were probably the last company to do this stupid slogan of this is how many things we make. Because obviously yeah. that changes <laughs> <Yes>. pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. What an, what an old timey thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's really screwing yourself over in the future, you know? It's like if you're McDonald's and your slogan is like, only burgers, and then, well, you're immediately yeah, exactly. yeah, <laughs> regretting well, it because right. you want to try stuff. Bunch of anxious businessmen in 1970 being like, we really called our shot here. We may have limited ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah. Linda, and so then this story of, of Heinz changing ketchup, uh, our key source here is National Geographic. It's an article called How Henry Heinz Used Ketchup to Improve Food Safety. And it's by Deborah Blum, who's a Pulitzer Prize winner and director of the Night Science Journalism Program at MIT. Uh, And she kind of frames it as a story of two people. You have Henry John Hines, who was the founder of Hines, and then a guy named Harvey Washington Wiley, who was an 1800s and early 1900s chemist working for the federal government who was running like the first ever department bothering with food safety at all. And so his achievements were catching people doing stuff like filling out cinnamon with brick dust and <laughs> filling out flour with gypsum, which is a mineral. Yeah. Uh, like Oof, catching yeah. just like the, the really hideous bad food safety stuff you think of with the 1800s. Right. That was his job. Yeah. But you save money. <laughs> no, that makes... That makes sense that that would be the first, because like before then, we weren't processing food in factories. It was just like farm to table, essentially. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense that that would be like the first time that job exists would be in the 1800s. (laughs) The original food pyramid had sawdust on it, I imagine. Like, do you think they just worked it in? Like, you got to get your daily dose of sawdust, kids. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's. Tale as old as time. It's the same reason drug dealers cut their cocaine with other substances. It's like, well, no, yeah. we can make this. It's we cheap. can make this go farther. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's the people. It's I don't know. It's just constant reminder throughout history that people will do literally whatever they can get away with in order to save yeah. money or make money. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. we, we, that's why we have, this is why we this have, why, yeah, this is why we have rules. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because otherwise, otherwise you'd be eating because, brick dust in your cinnamon butt. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I would be, I would, I would do it. I would do it. Like you need if it. I could get away with, get, with, uh, I was going to say selling brick oh, dust oh. to people. <laughs> There's no rules. It's like, well, yeah, that seems easy enough. You just get some food coloring, some brick dust, and like just a, like a little bit of cinnamon, yeah. <laughs> and you, you know you got yourself a, a a product. Someone will eat it. Yeah, because the uh, at least in the U.S., like the first laws preventing that, the first key ones were in 1906, and apparently before that, a product like ketchup uh, was frequently made from things like tomato scraps thickened with ground pumpkin rinds. Uh, they would also use apple pomace, which is like the uh, seeds and stems and like leftover apple parts they would put that in there uh, like a lot of red dye to trick people um, and uh, there was a French cookbook author who described ketchup as quote filthy decomposed and putrid yeah. uh, because not only would it be made of junk but also they didn't really like do things to preserve it and prevent it from spoiling very right. well uh, because there were no laws there were no rules yeah I'm surprised they didn't put like heroin or cocaine in there because why not oh yeah 
liquid yeah. soda. Yeah. Yeah. yeah why yes. not? <laughs> Again, like some product guy at, at Coca-Cola, like we found that if we put cocaine in it, people buy it more. Oh, why yeah. is that? Because it's a drug and they get addicted to it. Oh, great. Right. Let's put no, it in no, there. Perfect. No, yeah. I mean, you know, man, <laughs> if only those days were still alive and well. <laughs> cocaine ketchup. It is a thing that has changed a lot over time, partly because apparently also in the past ketchup was like a lot thinner and more watery Mm. and not the like thick redder stuff we're used to. It was like the first squirt of ketchup, what you're describing when you get the the ketchup water. Yeah, that fluid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you haven't shaken the bottle. (laughs) Yeah, the worst part of ketchup. We have modern nice ketchup now, partly because Harvey Washington Wiley was pushing for safe food instead of the crazy stuff we're describing. And then also because Henry John Hines was, uh, he was the son of like very devout Lutheran German immigrants in Pennsylvania. Uh, But between his morality and also seeing a market opportunity, he said, hey, I can be like the one guy in America making like safe, not poison products, right? Like everybody else is doing poison crazy products. I can be like the one guy in the entire world making stuff that's uh, safe and healthy and like like made in a way that's transparent uh, and so that's how he built his business you can put it on the label not poison yeah yeah <laughs> arc heinz tomato ketchup is the only tomato ketchup on the market that's not made out of metal shavings <laughs> like more or less yeah <laughs> <laughs> metal shavings and muskrat bones <laughs> It's fascinating that there was a time where, like, going to the grocery store was like a minefield where you're like, ah, God, I hope this won't kill me. Yeah, yeah. Because it could. Well, he also, so, and then Henry Hines, he got into the food business as a little kid. Uh, when he was 10 years old, he started selling the extra vegetables from his, his parents' garden around town. And then he uh-huh. also started making horseradish sauce at home. And he innovated by making the glass clear. I guess most businesses making horseradish, it was like glass you couldn't see through or it wasn't glass at all. And it was partly to like hide how bad it was. Right. And people were, people's minds were blown. They were like, oh, I can actually see that the sauce doesn't have metal shavings in it. Like this is very, this is very exciting to me as a person. Uh, and then he, he kind of carried that forward into his actual adult business. Yeah. It makes me a little thankful that like our innovations are like the iPhone and the internet where they were like... Oh, did you hear about this new glass bottle so you can tell there's not metal shavings in it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's all the rave. Cutting edge glass bottle. Because also his ketchup bottle, it was, a clear, it was a clear glass bottle, and also they made it an eight-sided base, which was like pretty hard to manufacture, but it was eight-sided so customers right. could see it from a bunch of angles and like feel better about the ketchup they were buying. And then basically in the run-up to the food safety laws in the U.S., uh, Heinz was not only making safe food because he thought that was a good thing to do, but uh, according to Blum, quote, this was not all altruism. Heinz was beginning to suspect that customer distrust of food supply would be far more expensive to manufacturers like him than the cost of improving the food itself. Uh, and then she describes him making a point of like going to meetings with Theodore Roosevelt and with other politicians uh, alongside food safety advocates basically saying like they're exactly right and make sure everybody knows i'm like the one guy doing this smart according to blum when the food safety laws came out in 1906 quote hj heinz's new preservative free ketchup was ready to go as the company's advertising campaign proclaimed it was quote recognized as the standard by government pure food authorities end quote and so he had like 
basically more or less could claim U.S. government backing for being a ketchup business and immediately and permanently took over the ketchup business yeah. in the U.S. Like that was what it took. And yeah, yeah, setting the standard. I mean, good for him. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. All the, all the and like, good the, for all of us. Yeah. I assume all the food people had like parties, right? Where they like, you make food, we make food. Let's have a food party. And he must not have been very popular during those at first because they're like, you've messed it up for all of us. I was putting brick dust in my food, and now right. I can't do brick dust anymore, thanks to you. Yeah, apparently thanks that's a, a bad thing. Yeah, apparently that <laughs> kills children or something. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Apparently, it kills our 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 specific child workforce. Yeah, because yeah. this is the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, and everything is messed up. <laughs> <laughs> everything is the worst possible yeah. version of itself. Um. Except for ketchup, apparently. Except for ketchup. Good on them. Well, and, that, and then, like, ketchup and his company, and then also other people working on it, and, and the, the work of activists trying to make food safer should not be ignored, but it's the kind of thing where Heinz ketchup was a leading force in us being used right. to food being normal, and also, like, expecting, hey, if I buy Heinz ketchup anywhere, it's going to be the same as the other Heinz ketchup. And then once that's in your mind, you're very used to, like, all of the rest of our industrialized right. manufactured food. You're like, yeah, my, my Cocoa Pebbles should be the same everywhere. McDonald's is the same everywhere. Like, I'm, I'm used to everything matching. It's, you know? uh, I don't know. Is that, I think that's a good thing ultimately. It, uh, yeah, I was going to say we sort of take that for granted or tend to deride yeah. it. But that actually, in terms of food production, that's an extremely good thing. Right. Yeah. I get, like... Culinary growth, no, but like it's safe. That's what they're going for every time. You know, people really value safety, especially in a time where you're eating like sawdust and glass and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, gypsum. Yeah, where they're like, look, <laughs> if you buy a bottle of Heinz <laughs> ketchup, people. yeah, if you buy a bottle of ketchup anywhere, it's not going to murder you. And it's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, that was a genuine concern that we had. <laughs> Hey, folks, I put in a sound effect there so I can jump in after the taping. This is Alex. Hey, uh, there was a glitch with my recording system. It still sounds fine. It still sounds legible. It's a totally good show. I'm just saying that so it's it's not weird when my audio suddenly changes. So thanks for rolling with that. Let's finish our catch-up talk. Here's a sound effect to bring us back in. Yeah, there's like a 99% chance it won't murder you. But, and also today, if your ketchup murders you, I feel like Hector Osorno will avenge you, you know? So that feels good, too. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, he doesn't, that's, <laughs> he can't have that. Yeah. He'll go on a John Wick rampage, <laughs> yeah. you know, using ketchup bottles, hucking it at people. Although, no, I shouldn't say that because he would never hurt somebody with a ketchup bottle. No, it's against everything he stands right. for, Dave. Yeah. He is a saint. He wants to limit the harm of ketchup. He would be yeah. nice and use a gun, Dave. Come on. Yeah, he would right. use a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Not ketchup. He wouldn't, he wouldn't besmirch the ketchup. Yeah. Or he'd <laughs> use mustard to make it like a frame job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. He's like, How did, why did mustard do this? Like, yes, terrible what mustard does. <laughs> He's actually a supervillain now. <laughs> Well, you either live long enough to see yourself. What's the what's right. the line, Batman? You get it. Either, anyway, you either die a hero, you, know, you live long enough to see yourself become, become mustard. Yeah, become mustard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the quote.
folks. That is the main episode for this week. My thanks to David Christopher Bell and Tom Ryman for just being great buddies. Just stone cold great buddies. I, I appreciate them both immensely and I'm, I'm really glad they did this. Also, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com. Patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. Also, patrons get all of the catalog of bonus shows immediately when they sign up. This week's bonus topic, Nix v. Hedden. One more time, that is Nix v. Hedden. Uh, It's so awesomely weird, that's all I'm going to say. Visit sifpod.fun to find out what Nix v. Hedden is and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring Catch Up With Us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, one specific guy is the secret global master of ketchup flavor. Takeaway number two, ketchup is a recent invention with an old Southeast Asian name. Takeaway number three, ketchup revolutionized and industrialized all of American food. And also a secret bonus takeaway from the numbers section, here it comes. Canadians is freaks. Those are the takeaways. Those are, those are the most takeaways, mainly because Canadians is freaks. Anyway, uh, please follow our guests. David Christopher Bell and Tom Ryman are the two heads of a fantastic podcast network and streaming channel. It's called Gamefully Unemployed, and it's one of my favorite internet things. I want to point out three podcasts on there in particular. One of them is called Hypecast. It's my favorite weekly show about just what's coming next in entertainment. There's also a show called Fox Mulder is a Maniac, which is an amazing show Dave and Tom do about the X-Files through the lens of Fox Mulder, played by David Duchovny, is a maniac. And you need to notice that all of the time when you watch the X-Files. And third podcast to point out is called Tom and Jeff Watch Batman. It is Tom Ryman and friend of this show, friend of all shows, Jeff May. I love Jeff May. And it's the two of them watching Batman with an incredibly detailed and thoughtful eye toward all of the storytelling and canon things that a Batman show can do. Uh, Or a Batman movie. They have amazing, especially Nolan stuff, if you want to check that out. And I'm going to do more plugs from there. Tom Ryman's excellent writing is available at Collider.com. David Bell's excellent script writing is available at the YouTube news and comedy show Some More News, hosted by Cody Johnston, produced by Katie Stoll, many other pals there too. So you can find both of them at Gamefully Unemployed, and then Tom's at Collider, Dave's at Some More News, and they're elsewhere too. They're, They're just great and very prolific. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. A great article from NPR's blog, The Salt. I, I also don't know if everybody knows that NPR has an amazing food blog. Or it's, it's more like food news and stories. It's, it's not recipes or something. And the article there is called Meet the Man Who Guards America's Ketchup. And it's by Dan Charles. Of course, covering Hector Osorno. Another great article entitled History of the World in a Ketchup Bottle. That is by Ruth Walker for the Christian Science Monitor. An amazing piece for National Geographic by Deborah Blum titled How Henry Hines Used Ketchup to Improve Food Safety, and more from there. Find those and more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken Unshaven by The Budos Band. The Budos Band's next album is called Long in the Tooth. It releases October 9th. Pre-order your copy at daptonerecords.com. 
Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. See more of Bert's art on Instagram at Bert Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all the listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then. <laughs>